welcome to Telling the Tale, the podcast where I'm here and Dustin is too. We talk about Telltale and we talk about you, the listener. Dustin, Sometimes. what's your favorite thing about the listener? Um, I like I like the way their ears are like not regular ears. They're like irregular, but in a way that gives them character. I like that too, and I like the same thing about their knees. Yeah, those are pretty good. Knees were second on my list. Oh, okay. Um, good, 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 good. So, anyway, hi. Uh, <laughs> Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I played Sam and Max Season 3, Episode 3. Which one is that? That's the one they call, uh, They Stole Max's Brain, which is based on the similarly titled novel by Jane Austen. That's true. Um, this game was released on June 22nd. 2010, and it was directed by a combination of Mike Stemmel and Joe Penny. Joe Penny. Joe Penny. Yeah, Joe Penny. What a, good, what a name. Yeah, he. <laughs> Joe Penny. I was gonna say sounds sort of home alone-y, but I guess that's just because of Joe Pesci. So that's not really a <laughs> joke. That's more of just a sounds. Things that sound like other things are not jokes. Joe you Pesci, want them to Joe Para, and Joe Penny all together. Yeah, when you're trying to think of it of comedy, sometimes <laughs> this other thing, which is words that sound like other words, sneaks in, and you're like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm convinced that's a joke." Yeah, and that's you say funny. It and, and like, you wasted your time. That's just not a joke. That's not it's, anything. It slips past your moist little lips, and you say, "Wait, no, that wasn't funny." Yeah, I I like to think about myself that I've got a good filter for that kind of thing, but growing older, I realize that I don't. <laughs> I just don't. That's fine. It, maybe next podcast you'll get it right. Uh, <laughs> oh man, imagine another podcast. <laughs> It'll be called uh, Telling the Tale 2, where we go through every episode of Telltale Games again. Why would you not be content with just this podcast? Yeah, really. I feel like our listeners are getting a little greedy. Yeah. Well, here's the dealio. We start out in... Oh, by the way, I liked the episode. <laughs> I have... Wow, what's I... the train of thought we're on today? <laughs> yeah, this is a weird episode, but I like it. We got a different sort of energy. Yeah. It's I almost like it. reality's been warped somehow. Is that a reference to the episode? Yes. <laughs> That's way too late in the show for that. <laughs> well... <laughs> So, Mitch, I gotta be honest, I liked this episode, but it, I was also kind of disappointed by this episode. I feel the same way. I think it is a step down from the previous two um, Devil's Playhouse episodes. But it's still, I think, better than, like, most season one or two episodes. I agree, I agree. I still had a good time with it, but I think just having my expectations raised so much, and I felt like this when I first played it, too. I remember thinking this episode was the low point of the season, but I guess if this is the low point of the season, then it's a pretty good spot to be in. There, it, So the episode starts, again, we're in the, uh, <laughs> in the, in the basement, um... Of the building. We're still... This is three episodes in a row we're in the basement of this building. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we finally get to leave in the middle of this episode. Um, it's about time. It was... It, it's really just the tail end of episode one. And then technically it's episode two. Although, like, you're mostly in the movie. Yeah. In episode two. And then only a little bit of this episode. But still, it feels like we're in the basement forever. 
<laughs> that's so weird that never occurred to me but now that you bring it up i'm like holy crap you are in that basement for a long time yeah i mean like in universe it's over only a couple hours yeah but it carries uh, <laughs> over throughout into episode three this basement. yeah and it matters it makes you think about that basement too i think that's the thing that makes it feel longer it's like hey remember how we're in this basement i'm like yeah, ooh, ooh yeah i do yeah, the ba- um, it's the basement's an important part. It makes sense that you're there for so long, but uh, boy, yeah. I didn't realize it until you brought it up. The basement is the mashed potatoes that we're pouring all the extra game gravy over. <laughs> wow, what a sentence to say, Mitch! You <laughs> you're killing it today. <laughs> uh, so I, Sam I... <laughs> found out that Max's brain is gone. Oh, oh no. And he starts interrogating the nearby mole people who basically don't know anything, but they saw, uh, who'd they see? The, uh, was it they, they the saw sign Skunk spinner? Ape. No, they saw Skunk Ape get the, get oh, the right, brain, that's right? right, that's right, yeah. And you're thrown into this interrogation minigame, and it, it's, it's pretty impressive as a minigame, like, it's it's the same dialogue option choosing that you've been doing throughout. Uh, I mean, all of Sam and Max, but depending on when you say certain things and how you say them, uh, the characters react differently. So, if you tell someone you're lying, um, and it, 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 at the right time in when they're talking and about the right stuff that you actually have evidence to back up they will admit to lying. And everyone's lying about something a little bit because it's a video game. <laughs> yeah. It's um, it's so... It's crazy because thinking about... Uh, so there's lots of Telltale games I haven't played, so maybe this is a foolish thing to say, but I don't know if Telltale ever does anything like this again. Maybe well, they, they don't do. even do it again in this episode. Yeah, that's part of why I was kind of disappointed with this episode overall. I feel like it starts out very strong and very interesting. The yeah. the bad cop Sam is such a stark contrast to his character, and you have these new things you do with the dialogue options. You're really thrown into something new and different, and it's cool. And then it just kind of turns into your typical Sam and Max episode afterwards. Yeah, so I was saying in previous episodes that episode uh, one is like a crime noir, and in retrospect, I don't think I was right because this is it. This is a crime noir. Yeah. Um. <laughs> there, there's some, there's a bit of it in episode one, but it's mostly like seventies exploitation pulp. Um, yeah. It w- and and I've been corrected in my ways. Now I no longer think that episode one is mostly crime noir. This is mostly crime noir, but really only for like a bit. Uh, and I think that is is part of the reason that I think this episode stands a little weaker. Uh, yeah, because they they can't keep it up. They this episode is like three major sections. Mm-hmm. There's this interrogation thing where you're just driving from place to place, interrogating people, asking them about. The whereabouts of Max's brain. And you eventually find out that it's in the museum. Um, and that is cool. I think yeah. if that was just the episode, it would be great. I uh, agree. And then you you sort of infiltrate the museum. It's still pretty crime noir-ish, but it, it's different. And you find that Skunkape and Paperweight, who's still alive somehow. 
um, have stolen Max's brain. And they're using it to like refill the toy box and to eventually do stuff with it. I did um, really like seeing both Skunk Ape and Paperweight come back. I forgot that Skunk Ape came back. Yeah. I, I totally forgot he was even a factor in the story going forward. And I think it's cool that you not only do you have one villain, but you have two villains that stick around. Usually in Sam and Max, these games, that doesn't really happen. You kind of build up to like Hugh Bliss in the first season and the uh, Soda Poppers in the second season. They build up to them being the villains, but they're not like continuous villains throughout the whole season. This is the first time you have two villains that are, you know, they're who you're up against from the beginning and they're just there the whole time. I like that a lot. Skunk Ape is almost on a speed run to become Bowser in the Mario RPGs instead of Bowser in the mainline Mario games. Like he's, he's quickly becoming not a threat after being a pretty sizable threat. Yeah. Um, which is which is fun. I mean, that's a Sam and Max thing to do all over the place. All of the villains up till episode 205 were just like NPCs in hell that we found afterward. <laughs> so that makes sense. Yeah. Um, in addition, we're, we're meeting a third villain in this museum part of the game who is Sam and Mac, the pharaoh that we were in the tomb of in the previous episode. That's so, f- it, I guess it's not that weird, but it's a little interesting to me that the last episode is called The Tomb of Sam and Mac, but you don't yeah. meet Sam and Mac until this episode. Well, no, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you find Sam and Mac's brain preserved in like a, a brain jar, one of the brain jars the Egyptians did, and you can put the brain in Max's brainless body in order to make Max amble about and uh, then you can just talk with your new sidekick, Pharaoh Salmon Mac. <laughs> wow, you get a whole new sidekick in this game. For a little bit, anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I think th- there's some interesting things that they do with Salmon Mac, the, the Pharaoh, um, that I'm, I'm kind of split on. Mm-hmm. I think the, the voice acting is good. The voice acting is good. Uh-huh. Um, I also think because they they make it very clear that Salmon Max or Salmon Mac the Pharaoh is a is a man or at uh-huh. least a child boy, um, and the voice actor is very clearly feminine. It's not it's not even like it doesn't even seem like Timmy Turner um, amounts a woman of, voicing a little boy. Yeah, it just seems like a, a little girl. Uh, Simon Mack is voiced by Nikki Rapp, who uh, previously voiced Morgan LaFlay in Tales of Monkey Island. Yeah, she's good. She It's a really good voice. And I, yeah. I think they just should have said that Simon Mack was a girl. Yeah. Because I agree. that's easier than finding a better voice than her. Cause she's she's, she's a, really a voice actor voice. that doesn't turn up very often that I've noticed, but every time she does, I'm like, oh, her. Because she's also uh, Lily in Psychonauts, so... Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so that's cool. I like I like when I hear voices I know. Uh, <laughs> you do like when you hear voices you know. I'll, I'll cop to it, I'll cop to it. Um, by the way, I, I think I should just catch myself... Now, there's absolutely nothing wrong with a person going by he, him pronouns and having a very feminine voice. 
that's a, a very normal thing. Uh, it's it would just be it would strike me as a lot more progressive than Sam and Max has previously been. Uh, yeah, and, and to do that, uh, so it would seem sort of out of character for me if that's actually what they're going for. Um, but I I think viewing the character through that that lens is is very legitimate as well. So that's fine. It just doesn't. It, it didn't immediately um, click for me as something that, like, I I didn't understand the reasoning behind what they're doing with the voice acting there. If right. That is what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, let's not forget the other character we're introduced to in this museum. Uh, Sal the cockroach. Yeah. Who we who's been alluded to in the past, but we finally see him. We finally see Sal. Sal's great. Oh, Sal, totally. I love him. Uh, who? What's the guy's name that this voice actor is doing an impression of? Patrick Warburton? Yeah, it's totally Patrick Warburton. Yeah, like, you, you can just tell from the get-go, it's Patrick Warburton, but we can't afford Patrick Warburton. Hey, Sam and Max, uh, it's me, Sal. Yeah, it's, that's, it's that That's thing, pretty good. Sure. That actually... I think that's a perfect way of doing Sal. Just try to do uh, Patrick Warburton. <laughs> and if you can't nail it perfectly, then you're Sal. You're doing a good Sal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think also introducing yourself as it's me, Sal, is a very Sal thing to do. Hey, it's me, uh, Sal. He's just a nice guy that likes people. Yeah, Sal's great. It's it's uh, funny because later on in Telltale uh, Pokenite 2... They do get Patrick Warburton since they have Brock Sampson from uh, Venture Brothers. And there's a conversation in there where Sam's like, uh, you remind me of this guy you used to know, Sal. He was this giant cockroach. And Brock's oh, like, really? yeah. And Brock's like, yeah, you know, a lot of people say I sound familiar to him. So what's your favorite Warburton role? Favorite. That's hard because there's lots of good ones. Uh Kronk on Emperor's New Groove is probably oh, yeah. the one I bring up first. I it, That's just such a good performance, and he steals the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe is, like, one of the only good characters left in Family Guy. <laughs> like <laughs> your, your Family Guy opinions always throw me for a loop. <laughs> well, Family Guy is a show that really fluctuates, uh, but I feel like even now, even when they have good episodes, it feels like a lot of the characters are not very good like they've been kind of flanderized but they flanderized joe in a way that makes him a lot funnier they just kind of made him this uh i don't want to say pathetic but they made like he always cracks like bad jokes uh he always says like dumb dad jokes and it yeah he's it, very it really, deadly in, yeah in recent episodes and it I, makes him very funny and one of the only like likable characters by the way, I, I, I need to explain why I've seen recent episodes of Family Guy. I feel like that's important. <laughs> you need to go D- on record. <laughs> Dustin has repeatedly said for like a long time that Family <laughs> Every Guy... Every day. Uh, w- which was the season you said was really good? Season 18. So it was 18. not very good for a while. And then season 18 surprised me. It was like, oh, these episodes are actually pretty funny. They're, I mean, you know, not like smart, but they're pretty consistently funny and entertaining. And then it's just back to not being very good afterwards. 
I I even found some stuff that was good in season nineteen. The thing is, I you told me, and I think I think you said you compared it directly to the other ones. Like you said, it's yeah. better than Simpsons. It's better than South Park. It's better than American Dad. And I was like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> there's and no, yet, just the other day, <laughs> there's no way that's true about Family Guy. <laughs> yeah, and and then uh, what do you know? And yeah, I mean, it's been a while since I sort of tapped into that world. I, I have become pretty done with it uh, compared to some other funny shows that are coming out. Yeah. But I, I watched Family Guy again, like modern Family Guy. Dustin's sort of right. <laughs> like it, it's, I think it's the best one right now. Yeah, it, it's because I, it, it just bec- feels like it's because all the other shows have kind of fallen so low. Mm-hmm. Like. I, I feel like I, I can still get some good laughs from American Dad now. It doesn't hit as hard as it used to, but, uh, like, Simpsons is really bad. Uh, South Park hasn't been great for a while. Family Guy's a show that you can just, like, turn off your brain and get some dumb laughs at. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I, okay, <laughs> I gotta collect myself. <laughs> You're saying a lot of weird things, <laughs> but I think I agree. Uh, I think I agree. <laughs> Family Guy is good, maybe. Oops. Well, <laughs> good with an asterisk, I think. I, d- I don't think everything it does is good. And even now, I would say, like, the currently running episodes are not that good. It, it had a period of time where it felt like they were really... St- ah, sorry, I burped. <laughs> it, re- it really uh felt like they were starting to get their shit together. Um I'm sorry we're talking so much about Family Guy on the Sam and Max podcast, but... Uh, no, let's just lean into it. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was an episode recently where... Uh, well, not recently, but back in that 18th season where they get called in by uh, the studio executives and they're like, look, Family Guy sucks. We want to reboot Family Guy. So they bring in uh, a uh, focus group and they start pitching them Family Guy reboot ideas and, you know, like, the whole, everyone in the focus group's like, eh, that sucked. Nah, I don't really like it. I don't really understand the baby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that was a fun episode. It was just stupid. <laughs> Did you see the episode where... In, in, in <laughs> we, this is bad. This is, a, <laughs> this is a dark tunnel that we're steamrolling ahead into. No, it's fine. We'll but... get back to the Sam and Max. It's not going anywhere. Did you see the season 19 episode where Peter and Lois hung out with that uh, that younger parent couple? Yes, I don't remember anything about it, but I did see it. And I think that sums up Family Guy in general. Like, it's it's not memorable, but you can have an all right time with it. There's like a lot of good moments in that one episode, though. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there, there's like that... Uh, this is not important. So <laughs> in, in Sam and Max, by the way, I asked you, the, the thing that started this was I asked you your favorite Patrick Warburton. I think mine is also Kronk. Yeah, Kronk's just so funny. And like I said, he steals the movie, him and Yzma both. And like, I like all the characters in that movie. But I think if you ask someone why they like that movie, it's usually because of Kronk and Yzma. Um, that said, a, a strong second place, I think, is he was Lemony Snicket in the Netflix Lemony Snicket show. Really? Uh, yeah, it was really good as Lemony Snicket. Oh, wow. Snicket. Yeah. That's he, he, cool. He, he like, narrated all the, all the episodes while also sort of playing a part in some of them. 
That's an interesting choice to get like such a well-known voice to be your narrator. It was a good fit for Lemony Snicket. He he felt very depressed. That's good. <laughs> he felt <laughs> very great. depressed. He felt very depressed. That's why they got Patrick Warburton. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think if you want a big depressed guy, you got to do Patrick Warburton. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I love Sal, and I love that he sounds like Patrick Warburton. Yeah, he's like almost Patrick Warburton. It, it <laughs> Patrick Warburton in the year 2010, was he a name? Was he like someone people really knew yet? I think, I would think so. I think that's when he was kind of big. They got him for Soarin' at Disneyland, uh, Soarin' over California. Uh, you know, he was in Emperor's New Groove, Family Guy. I'd say... Oh, and Venture Brothers. He was in a lot at the time. Yeah, but like all of the other non-Seth MacFarlane voice actors in Family Guy. Oh, but uh, no, that's when they started getting him for like lots of roles in like big animated movies too. Like Open Season, he's in that. He's he's in B movie, isn't he? Uh, yeah, <laughs> he is. In yeah, B-movie. he he was. He he's was he was in a lot of, of yeah. the woman who is sexually attracted to the Yeah, bee. he's the one who gets cucked by the bee. Yeah. <laughs> he's that. Yeah. That's what it says on his IMDb, the man who gets cucked by the bee. He's that weird bee in cell. Um <laughs> uh, Man, some things suck actually, but this episode <laughs> of Sam and Max is fine. Yeah. Uh you you go around and you try to split up paperweight and skunk ape so they're mad at each other again and once you do that you can sneak in there and uh you can try to put max's brain back in his body and swap out uh sam and mac but sam and max sees the devil's play uh play box toy box toy box (laughs) the devil's toy box and um just is is enticed by it instantly drawn to it and then uses its power to recreate the world in its image yeah and then, and then uh, it uh, then it goes into a whole totally different direction yeah we see the the streets that sam and max patrol normally uh have been egyptized they've been turned into egypt uh, and that's exactly what you think it means. There's, there's, uh, there's just pyramids and like sand now. Yeah, that that's basically like all the buildings are the same except Bosco's isn't there anymore. It's instead it's a big uh, Sam and Max statue. But other than that, it's pretty much the same, just with some pyramids in the back. Why do you think? Because you mentioned Bosco here. We three episodes in, we've really seen nothing from Bosco. What was that choice, do you think? I think it's just because the, these last two seasons, every episode we saw Bosco and Sybil. So I wonder if they just wanted to give him a break for this season and focus on uh, different characters. You know who else I noticed isn't in this season at all? Is Jimmy Tutti. I was about to say, yeah. Because they, they have to run into a, a rat multiple times in this episode. And they choose Frankie the Rat. Yeah, they could have just done Jimmy there, but they decided to go a totally different rat. Yeah, I would say that it's, I would guess that it's a voice acting thing, but at the same time, they've traded out voice actors for, like, Sam and Max mid-season. So, that doesn't seem to be Did they for Sam? Them. No, not for Sam, just for Max. Yeah. Um, um, so, that wouldn't stop them. Plus, I feel like they usually get, like, 
actors who do multiple voices. So I wonder if Jimmy's voice is still in this season somewhere. I don't know who voices him. Yeah, I don't uh, either. But uh, yeah, I wonder if it's just because I wanted to focus on others. I'm kind of glad they do because I Sam and Max always has like tons of rats in like every version of Sam and Max. They got a lot of rats. So I kind of like that we get to see some other ones rather than just Jimmy and his family. Yeah, now getting rid of Bosco in the year 2021 makes a lot of sense uh, (laughs) because they don't like the the current skunk ape company does not like what they previously had done with that character Uh in, in terms of having it be voiced by a white person and make a make a african-american patois out of their voice and and sort of just do stereotype jokes and that stuff yeah do you think now if they were to do a fourth season do you think they would just update bosco a little i mean they already have a different voice for him or do you think they would just write him off because they kind of they kind of do how bosco works in the remaster yeah they seem i have a feeling that if they were to do more we would just see bosco through 2021 eyes yeah and and that's cool i'm i'm always more of a fan of reworking a character than just totally getting rid of them i don't think Mo- most of the wrong time. with remaster bosco i, yeah. I think they would just keep that around yeah but i mean they I even wonder... cut a lot of the uh uh racier gags with them so was 2010 later enough in their timeline that they were uncomfortable with what they were doing with Bosco already? Because to me, that seems like not soon enough for them to realize that, just on, on the way that they sort of work. Yeah, I I, I personally feel like it's just they wanted to kind of mix up the cast a little bit and give these characters that we've seen in every episode so far a break. But uh, you never know, maybe... Maybe they were just kind of regretting the way uh, Bosco worked because we have Mama Bosco in this episode, not in this episode, but in this season. Uh, and she she hasn't been in the last episode. She wasn't in this episode, but I do remember her coming back. So I don't know that that's a, that that's a that's a thought to have. Yeah, because I, I know the reason they got rid of bluster blaster was because jared emerson johnson didn't want to yell anymore yeah i was just thinking about that earlier when i was on my uh, little walk i was kind of contemplating sam and max that sucks because <laughs> i love bluster blaster but it's also you know totally understandable you don't want to make this guy blow out his vocal cords every time yeah i mean he was an opera singer at the time yeah so you can't you can't really do that um, I, personally, I would have just kept Bluster Blaster sedated. Give him the I'm fancy. <laughs> Thanks for making my cow lamp. Uh, I wonder <laughs> again with the, the cow reason, lamp. I wonder if the reason Bosco <laughs> isn't in this is for the same reason. Maybe that that voice is hard on the guy, whoever that was. I don't know who that was. I could see that. Um, so. You got to do things for Sam and Mac because you want to get close to him with a brain screw that takes his brain out. But you can't do that unless you have three um, pendants of privilege, I think it's it's called. Yeah, you got to get into the VIP lounge. Yeah. So you need to give him a good gift. You need to point out a heretic. <laughs> and then you also need to steal a third one that you can't possibly earn on your own. Yeah. Um, 
and and yeah, that's that's that part of the game. And then this episode has a boss battle. This episode has some fun puzzles, but at the same time, it, they do kind of feel like like that part where you have to bet on the finishing move uh, Skunk Ape's going to use. Uh, I like that puzzle, but it also kind of feels like the first episode kind of touched on puzzles that were similar to that already, where you had to use the uh, the future vision to figure out what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's still done well here, but I, I just feel like nothing in this episode other than the noir Sam parts really feel like they're bringing anything new on the same level that the last two did. I think I like the puzzle in this one with the future vision with the skunk apes finishing move i i like it for for listeners clarity uh it's a bunch of rats at a table one of them has the pendant of privilege that you need um so you want to make a bet with them in order to win it and the way you can do that is you can use your future vision on the radio but it doesn't tell you what finishing move skunk ape uses which is what they're betting on so you have to use your future vision on the rats, and they won't say it outright either, but you, you can put it together because one of them says, like, that he either did or didn't use his hands. It either was or wasn't a uh, a move called gorilla or a move called ape. And then, like, you get a little extra hint in some way, and then you can pick between the six finishing moves that there are in order to... Uh, you know, solve with those constraints, which one is the move that he used. And I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, Um, you kind of, what I like about it is that it's a puzzle that's like not super hard, but it, you you feel good when you figure it out. You're like, yeah, I did that. Yeah. (laughs) I Um, like puzzles like that, that (laughs) I'm not like pulling my hair out over. So once you, once you get all those pendants, you can get into, uh, pharaoh sam and mac's inner circle i i'm saying pharaoh sam and mac every time because it just sounds too much like sam and max um which I, is the I, point obviously but isn't it pronounced a little i i thought it was pronounced like uh sam and mock i mean it, it is in the same way that his name's not paperweight and skunk ape's <laughs> name isn't skunk ape it's that's true like you're still gonna say the other thing it's cool that Paperweight's still around. I like his uh, vocal performance. Yeah, I, I really like Paperweight. They, he Pepiero he does Wait. a good job. He does he does a good job of making him sound both sophisticated and whiny. Yeah, uh, and all three of those Skunk Ape, Paperweight, and Salmon Mac are uh, sort of like a cool little rogues gallery for Salmon Mac's to have. An entirely newly built rogues gallery, throwing away a lot of the rogues gallery from seasons one and two, uh, of yeah. which there were a lot. Yeah, I kind of like that. These guys feel like a bigger deal than, say, uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, Brady Culture. <laughs> well, yeah, they're, they are definitely a bigger deal than Brady Culture. <laughs> I don't think they've made the imprint that like the soda poppers have quite yet. But they, uh, they're on their way, and I like them more than the soda poppers, so <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, the soda poppers had the benefit, uh, in quotes, of being in uh, almost every episode. So you were kind of forced to have them 
maybe not grow on you, but you were forced to get used to them. They were forced to build a presence. Yeah, it's weird to talk about the Devil's Playhouse as like, what is it to Sam and Max? Because it's tempting to just say it's season three. But yeah, it, it's sort of it, it's sort of its own thing. Whereas seasons one and two are like the two seasons of the first game. And then Devil's Playhouse really feels like a sequel game. It's a different game. Yeah, um, they changed so much about how it plays and, and what the focus is. It's still pretty, it's still structured pretty much the same way, but you go about its puzzles very differently. And I like that a lot. Yeah, I, I was thinking about like how much each episode just takes off right after the last episode. I think they could have released this all at once as a premium game, like a one-time purchase game for consoles and PC all at once or whatever. Uh, it didn't need to be episodic. I, I know it's built around being episodic, but if I just played through... If I, if I was taking one of my one of my stinky days, one of my eight-hour video game playing days <laughs> and just feeling bad about myself, I would play through episode two right into episode three. And I think so, too. I, whereas did I do that at the time? It, it's, uh, I don't remember if uh, when I first played through this season, if I did that or not. Did you play them as they came out? No, I think I think this was... Uh, did I play them right when they came out? I don't think I did. I think I waited for all of them to be out. Uh, but maybe. I don't know. It, a, anyway, it's it's not important. But thing is, I agree with you. I would... It, it's the type of game... Like, even last week, I wanted to play this episode really bad after we finished two. Uh, which is weird, because I didn't get around to actually playing it until today. <laughs> yeah. But um, they really know how to uh, get you hooked with those episode stingers, uh, especially in this episode, which uh, comes a little later. But uh, they get you interested in what's coming up. Yeah, I, I'm i pretty sure I played this one as it came out. Um, the problem was, for this season, they had some deal with Apple, where uh, the penal zone was one of the first apps you could get on an iPad. That sounds so familiar. I, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, they designed the whole game sort of around iPad. Uh, that's right, stuff. because that's why you control them. Because you would use your finger, drag your finger to control Sam on the gamepad rather than yeah. uh, clicking. Still don't think it makes sense because you can just tap and that's a click and that's fine, but whatever. Yeah, I think uh, you should be able to do both. But. <laughs> yeah. Um but each each episode came out a couple days early on iPad oh. before everything else. And I, I Sam and Max has a history of that. Like it came out a little early on GameTap before it came out on the Telltale website for the earlier seasons. And I think Strong Bad came out a little early on Wii. Yeah, I think Monkey Island did too. I think both Monkey Island and Sam and Max were or not Sam and Max, Strong Bad. Uh, they really pushed the uh, WiiWare versions of them. It, it, Telltale was so weird in that way because what they were actually building up, which was very strong at the time, was this core buy directly from us on our website ecosystem. And then they kept being like, but we'll give you benefits if you buy it anywhere else. 
<laughs> and they don't even stick with the same place. It's different places all the time. And later it'll be Steam. Uh, and yeah. then they'll sort of st- settle with Steam for a while as their like major place that they sell their games through. Um, but for a while, it made more. It way, made way more sense to just go to their website and buy it on their website rather than Steam. Yeah, that's what I did. I like still. I think a while back we were looking at our uh, Telltale catalogs. I still have a lot of games in my uh, Telltale library. Yeah, that's that's why I have um, this game. I, that's how I'm playing this game right now. I'm playing it through Telltale uh, Telltale's website. That's so cool. at the end of the episode, you get in a fight with Sam and Mac and Sam throughout this whole time has not actually been aware that the world's been changed. No one is aware except for Max because he's got psychic powers. And Max tricks Sam into skewering Sam and Mac in the face with the brain screw. Right. And uh, that's a good trick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, try that one on your friends. Yeah, so he he just rips his brain out. <laughs> and uh, then you can put Max's brain back in Max's body, and Sam and Max's brain is uh, somewhere else. What happens to that brain? <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, I don't know. Do they just leave it? I guess they yeah, just leave I, it. They I don't need it. I think it's their style to just sort of talk, like chuck it. Well, wait, no, because... After reality turns back to normal, they're in the museum. Maybe the brain just went back in the uh, display somehow once reality uh, reset. Mm. Or something. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Yeah, it's not important. And at that moment, everything's fine. For the first bit since episode one, really, it, it, it feels like two full episodes. We are now regularly just Sam and Max again. Um, but it's very short-lived because immediately after, a stampede of naked Sam clones just starts <laughs> charging into the museum. And uh, it, it's very scary. I don't want to be attacked by a bunch of Sam clones. What a good stinger for this episode. This is where I'm like, okay, well, now I really want to play this next episode to know what the hell is going on with these. <laughs> yeah. Um Sam clones versus Max clones, which is scarier. On the face of it, probably Max because he's much more violent. But also, yeah, I Sam, think Sam's large and just that naked Sam chasing you. I don't know. I'd be scared. Yeah. Also, Sam is this huge, powerful dog man. I f- I feel like his uh he could trick you into hurting you easier. <laughs> yeah, I bet he could. Um, although as we'll find out later, uh, the personalities of Sam and Max aren't necessarily contained in these clones, but, uh, that's, that's for later. Ooh. Uh, anything else we want to talk about before we head into our segments? Uh, so the moles in this episode, uh, that's meant to be like an older version of Nefertiti, right? Yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's cool. I think that's very cool. Like, it, it's yeah. pretty obvious it's supposed to be, but at the same time, Telltale, at the time, not so much in this season, but definitely in, like, Tales of Monkey Island, they had a real uh, tendency to reuse models where they could for different characters. 
yeah. but the fact that she has the <laughs> exact true. same voice, I think, is what sells it. But it's very cool that you see this character who made such a strong impression in the last episode come back and help you with your current problem in this episode. She's um, She's got to be like 120 years old. I guess moles just live a long time. Maybe. Maybe they're like elves in D&D <laughs> where it's, they're like mostly human, but they they also just live forever and are magic and better. Or maybe they're like elves in Sam and Max where they're disgusting and awful. <laughs> they're, they're probably a combination of elves in D&D, <laughs> elves in Sam and Max, and moles. <laughs> and, and moles from the animal moles. Um... Let's see. Uh, oh, the fucking German guy. Oh, the tourist. Yeah. What's his whole thing? <laughs> his they, whole thing is that he comes to America. He's he's on vacation in America, but I guess he shows up at like the exact wrong time you want to be on a vacation in America when a brain of a pharaoh has been found and just rewrites all of existence. Yeah, so this guy, <laughs> he, he you you see him at the beginning part where you're interrogating him because he saw Sam and Mac, or sorry, he saw Skunk Ape escape with Max's brain. Um, that's a hard sentence, and <laughs> you you interrogate him for a while, and then in the Egyptian version of reality, um, he he's thrown into the gladiator pit and I think destroyed uh, Poor by guy, Skunk Ape. Geez. Yeah. Poor guy. Also, like, it's a very small role. I don't remember him turning up again. Maybe I'm wrong, but... I I don't think he does. I completely forgot he even existed. In in episodic games like this, new character models come at such a premium where, like, you'll get a few per episode. Like, this episode, we got uh, Sal. Yeah. And... Usually, if you make a new model, you really want to keep them you want to be able to use them wherever you can is but, it just sal uh sal and this, this and this german guy yeah um was there anyone i think that's it because all the other characters are like uh skunk apes minions uh stinky and grandpa stinky are there yeah, yeah all the rest are characters that have been around if you just need someone pathetic to like throw around it could be anyone it could have been Harry. <laughs> it could have been Harry Mullman. Yeah, why wouldn't it be Harry Mullman? He, he's he been really important thus far. Maybe they felt like they're just getting Harry Mullman fatigue. But, yeah, maybe uh, this episode's pretty Mullman heavy, so maybe they were just Every like, episode this season is Mullman heavy. Yeah, which is fine. I, I like the concept of the mole people. Uh, and yeah maybe they just said look we got too many moles don't use harry let's make a let's make a <laughs> tourist yeah uh so okay uh also the there's a lot of really good signs in the museum uh, you read you read those <laughs> there's one that says pluto real planet or big <laughs> fat faker that's the one i had written down <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, way to throw Pluto under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> Big fat faker. Um Yeah, Nefertiti's back. Okay, so there's a there's one part near the end of the episode where mm -hmm. Pharaoh Sam and Mac tries to get Sam to kill Nefertiti. Um and Sam like tries because he wants to he he's brainwashed by the Pharaoh still, 
and yeah. he try he raises the brain screw to do it and then like he get, goes limp and he's like i can't do it <laughs> this this seems out of character to me you you think sam would kill nefertiti it always off screen but like yeah <laughs> i think sam would kill like a lot of people like he's more reserved than max but they've they've completely destroyed innocent lives before yeah, but not so much as like removing someone's brain. Maybe he, maybe he feels even the, in this new reality. Maybe deep down he feels the uh, connection to this mole that his uh, forefather Samoth knew. Maybe Samoth he... hated Nefertiti though. Like no one likes Nefertiti. <laughs> That's true. Well, maybe she grew on him. <laughs> I, I doubt it, man. Uh, I I have it written down here. Sam and Max could have. They could have killed Nefertiti in season one, and they could they definitely could have killed Nefertiti in the comics. Without even a second thought, they would have killed Nefertiti in the comics. The comics. I personally, I feel like it would have taken Sam down an unlikable route, even with just that one act. I I like that he didn't kill Nefertiti. I I feel like you kind of have to have that uh, good cop. Like maybe not so much in the comics, but I feel like given where where the Telltale series is, Sam yeah. to me feels like at least in the Telltale games at this point, it does not strike me as something he would do. Sam wouldn't do it during the story, but like peeing, I think he saves a lot of his violence for directly off screen, right? Maybe, you, yeah. I could totally imagine them starting an episode with Sam saying, boy, Max, wasn't it crazy how we just killed that mole person? And then Max's <laughs> like, mm, I thought they'd put up more of a fight. Like, easy, right? That That's something they do. Um, yeah, but maybe he does just let Max handle the gruesome stuff. Like, in Hit the Road, uh, Max is the one who wants to beat the crap out of the, uh, the scientist at the beginning. Sam, Sam gives him the true. go-ahead, but he doesn't do it. Maybe he's... Maybe Sam isn't the type to actually uh, kill someone. Or maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe he just knew this isn't right. I shouldn't be. Because even if he does kill people, I feel like it would mostly be criminals. Well, yeah. Like, I, I, uh, part of Sam Max's characters is, uh, you know, they'll ruin people's lives for the sake of puzzles. But I don't think they'd, like kill someone who is innocent maybe maybe he just knew deep down that uh nefertiti was not someone who should be killed in this instance yeah but i I guess like in in the context of the egyptian world right Mm -hmm. she is a criminal uh she's a heretic against the the guy that sam really believes in so if you were to export that to the, the the real real world um that would be like if if someone is trying to take down all of America or something, yeah. And Sam would Sam would kill that guy. <laughs> Sam would, <laughs> would probably not really have a problem with it. I just felt like it was strange. I I I, I know that I know why they did it, and I I understand what you're saying with like it would be way too unlikable. Um, but I I think he's done it before. Like, I think he's done <laughs> stuff like this before. Yeah, I I wonder if uh like they boiled like, Hugh Bliss alive, right? That's true, but maybe it's just because this reality is kind of 
fake. This isn't the real way things are. Maybe that was kind of, maybe deep down it was tugging at Sam being like, look, don't kill this mole person. This is not the way things are meant to be. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that Sam's a good guy. I, I like that about Sam. I'm just, I, I think that they've shown evidence to support that maybe other times he would have killed this person. <laughs> uh, and, and not even felt that bad about it. But, uh, but that's the episode. Would you like to go into our segments now? I would love to go into our segments. More than anything, honestly. Dustin, what's your potent pickup? Potent pickup for this episode? I think it has to be the rhinoplasty. There aren't a whole lot of pickups yeah. in this episode. But yeah. the rhinoplasty is just such a really fun idea. Just be able, being able to turn Max into different things. F- seeing pictures of things and thinking, oh, I can turn Max into that for this puzzle. Uh, that's just a cool thing to be able to do. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, the rhinoplasty is the putty that you can put on something and it, it I like the way you said form. that you said putty. rhinoplasty is the putty it's the putty that you can put <laughs> on a, on an image and then max can transform into that image you do it a lot in this episode and, yeah this uh, is kind of the right rhinoplasty episode which is cool i like that uh it's it's very neat yeah it's very high on the plasty meter um let's see what else you do there's a lot of things you can rhinoplasty in this episode that don't matter too um like what remind me i was kind of so uh, there's a picture of a dinosaur skull in the museum right i guess i just never tried it and max turns into it and it doesn't really do anything (laughs) but he's just like a dinosaur skull from then on but that's still really cool that you're able to do it yeah (laughs) that's great you can just have a dinosaur skull with you uh dustin Give me three linguistic gymnastics. Three linguistic gymnastics. Okay, let me look. I had a few. Uh, I'm going to narrow it down to three. Uh, oh, okay. Here's a good one. That made me laugh. Uh, so when you first put uh, Pharaoh's Summon Mox's brain into Max's body, uh he sees sam and he says anubis and sam says now but i get that a lot yeah (laughs) (laughs) um let let me look through uh i i had some when uh oh so when you're trying to intimidate uh skunk apes minion the one uh spinning the signs uh, you point a gun at his face, and he says, uh, "You are aware." I love, I love this ape, by the way. His voice is so funny. He says, uh, "You are aware that my ultra dense space gorilla hide renders me impervious to your puny earth bullets, right?" And Sam just says, "Oh yeah, I forgot." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that that voice is almost the sheriff from Puzzle Agent. I think it's the same guy. I think it's uh, Roger Jackson. That's the Mojo Jojo guy. Uh, I know he's this guy. I think he's the sheriff in Puzzle Agent. Uh, they bring him back in like every Telltale game in this era. He's in Monkey Island. Uh, I think he might even be in Walking Dead, but I could be wrong. Uh, let's see. Let me see. One more. One more. Um, 
Let me go to the bottom of my list. Maybe I have something from uh, the... Oh! Uh, <laughs> uh, one line I really liked. Uh, it's when you're sh- when you're looking at the map of the city uh, in Paperweight's office, and uh, the pharaoh is like wowed by this map. He's like, oh, wow, this is crazy. And uh, Sam says, uh, oh, yeah, you didn't have perspective and vanishing points in your time, did you? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Good stuff. I feel like this episode was another reason I was a little disappointed was it was a little light on jokes. But I feel like there's still some really good ones in there. It's it's not like there's definitely some good stuff. Yeah, I I wouldn't say this comes even close to being like a Moai Better Blues. It's probably the Moai Better Blues of this season, but in terms of overall Sam and Max, it's still very good. Um, But you go ahead with your funny lines. So I I like when you're uh, interrogating the German guy who's I don't think you ever get his name, right? I don't think so. He's just referred to as the tourist. The tourist. So, um... You're, you're like trying to rough him up and threaten him and he goes please stop i'm already Id- i'm already ibble skibbled enough and then sam <laughs> says oh sorry and then the tourist goes donata just throws in some spanish i um, i really love hard cop sam anytime he backs down and goes back yeah. to regular sam level that's always very funny he's just like oh sorry Oh, yeah. My bad. <laughs> um another is like right at the very beginning um the narrator it keeps up <laughs> the narrator keeps up the tradition of saying just some absolute bullshit some nonsense <laughs> at the very beginning of the thing that like sort of tonally introduces the episode but really is mostly just venting um he talks about right. our brains and he says are our brains truly in control makes you think doesn't it <laughs> As if that's like a like an evidence. That, like that's, that's, a, evidence that's a clever thing he said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I I have this pet peeve of like most psychology based games and movies and stuff. I just can't really deal with them um, because I went to school for cognitive science and I I'm not like a scientist at all in my day-to-day but i am like a little bit i just like know what brains are so it, it like any question of are we us with a brain or are we the brains ourselves i'm like oh, dude get out of here this, you can just <laughs> take a class you're not cool <laughs> you can just find out like it's Boo. not it's not mysteriously unavailable information um, wow, I didn't know you felt so strongly. Or any time any movie says anything about only using ten percent of your brain, I'm I'm gonna walk out. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna <laughs> walk out of the movie. Cause like, get rid of ninety percent of your brain. Try it. See what happens. <laughs> see what happens. Let's see if you're such such a smart man now. Yeah, I bet you won't be. <laughs> Uh, it's, yeah, it's a pet peeve. I, I should just let it be fun. But it, it's when sometimes, sometimes movies are like, what if this is how brains work? And I'm like, there is a lot of lack of knowledge on, on how brains work in certain ways. But the thing you picked is like, we, we know already. We just know how this part works. It's <laughs> just, you know, like, go, 
go to school read a book i, I don't they just <laughs> wanted to sound deep with it yeah they're like man if you could use your brain to your utmost you'd probably be able to do telekinesis like fucking why <laughs> what is that what is that you'd, at all you'd be matilda me. you'd be matilda from the book and movie matilda she's so smart <laughs> just go around for her um yeah very very frustrating and i'm not i'm not a fun person to be around when discussing that kind of stuff of like what if time is just like the brain's way of understanding stories i'm like mm. anyway <laughs> dustin what was your golden moment my golden moment was noir sam i feel like that was the highlight of the episode and it's just done so fast it it but that's the one part of this episode that i really remember uh, yeah, because the rest the rest is good, but like I said before, you're just kind of doing your typical Sam and Max thing, and it's done in a great way. But I think when you start out with Sam being bad cop and you have these dialogue options, you're shaking things up a little. Then you just go back to the regular. It's a little deflating. Yeah, I I agree with that. I. uh that is also my golden moment. Justin, you know what's another one? When they <laughs> when they say like, dude, what if the way that I see blue is different than the way you see blue? <laughs> and it's just like, do you mean like colorblindness, which is a thing? Or do, are you just talking here. about how the brain receives the chemical information, which you could, it is mappable. Like it's mappable to your occipital cortex. You can totally just, ugh. what's yeah, your weekly I... guy? I know what blue is. Uh, <laughs> it has to be Sal. Sal just is the guy this week. Uh, yeah, mine's also definitely Sal. Sam He's and great. Mac is pretty good. I think in another episode, Sam and Mac would have been it, but it sounds yeah. too good. You know what? I'm gonna also, I'm also going to say as an honorable mention, the sign spinning gorilla. Oh yeah, I thought I thought he was great. His voice performance is great, and he has some great lines. Uh, I, I know I know you told me to only do three lines, but one more I like is when Sam sure. says, uh, he, he's brought this gorilla to tears. He's saying, like, uh, Skunk Ape's not going to bring you back. So he's just like, oh, you're right. So he sits down and starts crying, and Sam says, and I hate to say it, you're not a very good sign spinner either. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have to say that. Yeah. He hates to <laughs> that- say it. But let me just yeah. volunteer this. <laughs> he didn't have to. It had nothing to do with what they were talking about or anything. It had no context, but he just had to say, you know what? You're not very good at this. Uh, do you have an unweekly guy? Um, Mine is Frankie the Rat. It, interesting. I like Frankie the Rat, but... Uh, I think I, I can't... I, it was hard for me to get over, like, just why isn't this Jimmy Two Teeth? Why... Did Jimmy yeah. Two Teeth have like an arc that felt finished at the end of season two or something? Because I don't remember that. Uh, he had his son who died and then came back to life. Yeah, but like, he's Jimmy Two Teeth. Yeah, he's gonna bounce uh, back to his crime ways. Well, didn't he? Did he get back together with his wife? I don't think so. It, it's so far in the past now. Um, but um yeah, I, I personally personally I like that they focus on a different rat just because Sam Max is always full of rats. It wouldn't it makes sense that you would talk to different rats rather than just the same rat every single time. 
Plus, Frankie... Well, I was going to say Jimmy Two Teeth lived in Sam and Max's office. You're driving around town trying to find... Yeah, he was everywhere, though. Yeah, you could have just had Jimmy be there. But uh, I don't know. I like that we get to follow a different rat this one time. I, um, we've we've had we've seen Jimmy Two Teeth. He's been around. I I forgot to ask you this in previous episodes, and I've always wanted oh. to ask you this. You're playing on on the PS3, right? No, I was going to. Oh, sorry. So I started playing on the PS3, but it doesn't run very well. The frame rate's not great, and it doesn't like look so good. So I just switched back over to Steam. But you did play Strong Bad on no. the PS3. No, what did what did I you play played on PS3? Any. I didn't play anything on the PS. I was going to play this one, then I didn't. No. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask about achievements, but uh, or or trophies in this case. But uh, I'll need I to look into let's just it. Not I will do that. I'll, well, now <laughs> I'm curious. I'll have to look into if they have trophies on PS3 or not. Uh, huh. This this episode is really what made me think. I can't wait to see how this remake looks. Yeah. Because like. Everything looks better in this season, but you still kind of have some weird old crummy models like the rats. Like their eyes are like weirdly shaped and they're very low detail, but they have texture now. So that's they do look better. But I feel like the combination of using textures a lot more like this season does and the uh, recrafted models of uh, Sam Max season one remade. You could get something that looks really good. This made me nostalgic for when four years of game development was actually a long time in terms of technological advancements. <laughs> yeah, wow. Um, because th- the gap between seasons one and two of Sam and Max and this is, I, I think it's four years. It, season one started in 2006 and this yeah. is 2010. And the gap between this and like games that are coming out now feels the same as that gap even though it's 11 years um we i mean that's just how things go when when you keep advancing you you hit a point of diminishing returns yeah um but i don't know it it made me i i think it's ultimately a good thing that we're not like throwing out old computers all the time anymore and mostly we can keep things longer but it's uh it, it it was exciting for a while of like what's the next console going to be and now when the next console comes out i'm like i i'm excited for the games but i'm not as like the console itself is just in encumbrance in getting the new games i want yeah i i was actually thinking about something similar the other day uh i've been kind of going through double fine's back catalog after psychonauts 2 and i was playing costume quest and then i downloaded costume quest 2 there's, like, no difference between the two and how they look. Like, I'm sure there's small differences. I'm sure two. I haven't played two yet, but I was just going off screenshots and uh, trailers and stuff. Psychonaut, or not Psychonaut, sorry, blah. Uh, Costume Quest 1 came out on the 360, and Costume Quest 2, I mean, it also came out on the 360, so that probably explains it, but it came out on the <laughs> Xbox One. <laughs> uh and they look very similar, but What's also the when I was difference between them. Uh, so Costume Quest One, I believe, was 2010, and Costume Quest Two was 2014. So, uh, but also when I was playing Costume Quest One, 
it didn't feel that old to me. And, you know, a lot of that comes down to art direction, just uh, art direction that really holds up on newer systems. But I was like, this doesn't feel like an old game to me. And even games like Brutal Legend, which came out in 2009, I think, that you can play that on Xbox One now, and it just looks, at least to me, it kind of looks like an Xbox One game. It doesn't look that different. Yeah, with that, plus a lot of more um, minimalist and retro-facing aesthetics in indie games that we're seeing nowadays, uh, you just can't place when a game comes out anymore by looking at it where you used to really be able to. Yeah. Um, Like, N64 games had a look that you were pretty sure, even compared to released in the same launch window on the playstation one you were able to tell like oh this is an yeah. n64 game you can yeah tell. ps1 games and uh n64 games had different looks to them even if they're pretty close and they looked different from the things that came before and after on the same track as them too so yeah. like like late n64 games look very different from early n64 games and um, you you can it, if you have an eye for it you can totally tell when all of those games came out like to the in some specific cases, even to the month, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. Where, like, if you show me any game that came out from 2014-ish to now, I really won't be able to tell you when that's from. Right. Uh, um, unless I can tell it uses, like, some sort of next-gen solid-state tech in its game play, like like Ratchet & Clank, the new Ratchet & Clank does. Yeah. Um then maybe I'll be able to tell, like, oh, that looks pretty new. Uh, but other than that, I I don't really think there's anything that I've seen that wouldn't have been or couldn't have been playable in 2014. Yeah. And, like, thinking about that with Sam and Max, I feel like, um, you know, if you compare Season 3 to Seasons 1 and 2, obviously it looks, you can tell this is newer, this looks better than the last two seasons but i feel like nowadays if you were to do like multiple sam and max seasons i don't think there would be that big a difference between like the first season and like a season three or four seasons away from then i mean i can i could be wrong obviously but it feels like if they were to stick to that style it would just be the same every time i think that's what's for some people very attractive about virtual reality because it does signal the next like major jump where you can tell like oh this is actually a big jump um yeah and and you can sort of proceed on the route that we've taken with graphics outside of virtual reality again because virtual reality games sort of look like they're from 2006 um even though they are very high-tech pieces of software um and and like graphics in them are just going to keep getting better and better and better um which is is interesting because there's a virtual reality sam and max game that we should probably play but yeah when we can anyway dustin a lot of tangents in this episode yeah it's fine because i feel like there's honestly not a whole lot to talk about in this episode because it we're used to what this episode gives us like episode two of this season was totally you're going through like all the different reels the gameplay was pretty similar but it was framed in a way that was totally different and the first episode is kind of your typical sam and max but i think they have so many other things like you have the toys now you have uh 
yeah. they're doing different things with the visuals and angles of the shots and stuff. So it felt different, even if you were doing the same sort of stuff. I don't really think there's a whole lot in this particular episode where I was like, whoa, nothing really wowed me beyond uh, the Sam and the uh, dialogue choice stuff. Yeah, and, and they just get rid of that so early. It doesn't even come back later in the episode. Yeah, um, I feel yeah. like they I feel like it would have been cool. I don't know how they would have done it, but it would have been cool if they like tied that into like the uh, skunk ape battle at the end somehow. It seemed like they tried to, but it, it's just not the same. Yeah, because you at that point, you just have to find the right thing to say. It's not a point of knowing what to say and when to say it. Yeah, but it's fine. It's still it's still a good episode overall, even if even at like I said, even when I was a kid playing this for the first time. Well, not a kid. I was an adult by that point. But uh, when I was playing this for the first time, even then I felt like this episode was the low point. But that's good. That's good that this is the episode that's the low point because it's still very good. Yeah, I I mean, if you only have five... Ep- I, I think I've said this before. If you only have five episodes, the worst one should be episode three. I think you have said that. And I think... A lot of the time, that is how it plays out for me. Obviously not in season two, but like in season one, the third episode was my least favorite. Uh, it feels like that's how it is with a lot of... Tale- I remember like review sites like IGN and stuff. It always did kind of feel like episode three was the one that would get like a lower score than other episodes. I think reviewing episodes of this game individually is a fool's errand. <laughs> I, we're, I guess we're kind of doing that, but no, we're we're... Well, first of all, we're definitely doing a fool's errand, so that would not be surprising. <laughs> but also, um, we're, we're not doing reviews. We're doing overviews. Overviews, yeah, Dustin. Yeah, we're not giving them scores. I would not score they stole Max's brain. Um, yeah, we're not re. We're over. <laughs> Dustin, That's where can what people I always find say. you? People can find me at... Uh, amazing dj dustin on twitter and instagram but you can find my art twitter at dustin doodles uh i feel like that's pretty easy to remember mitch where can they find you they can find me on twitter at the wolf fm that's at symbol t-h-e-w-o-l-f-e-f-m thank you for listening to the podcast if you liked it please leave a review on whatever podcatcher you're uh, listening to this on, if you've uh, left a review and would like me to read it on the show, point me in the direction of it because uh, there's a lot of podcatchers and I can't find all of the reviews all the time. Uh, <laughs> I can't said, find all these reviews we're getting. All these, these mountains reviews, of reviews. These mountains. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin's making fun of me hardcore, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> the point stands. I'll read your review on the show if you want. Um, and subscribe if you can you know that really helps if you do subscribe you'll be able to get a notification when we uh play the next episode in the season which is called what dustin it's called beyond the alley of the dolls beyond the alley of the dolls hey episode four always has a wild name yeah, Chariots of the Dogs, Beyond the Alley of the Dolls. What was the one in season one? Uh, I, I mean, that was the the president one. So I, I right, think it right, was, right. Uh, Abe Lincoln Must Die. Abe Lincoln Must Die. Um, that, is, that is an episode yeah. title that gets you like, oh, I guess I, I want to know what's going on in that one. 
Dangerous 3, the criminal projective. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, mostly oh. I, I'm just thinking of Chariots of the Dogs and Beyond the Alley of the Dolls. <laughs> Tales are... of Monkey Island has a good one, too. Uh, the Trial and Execution of Guybrush Threepwood. Ooh. Ooh. That what gets you like... What trial. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, jeez. So if you want a notification when we do that garbage, uh, you can just do that. You can do a subscribe. Uh, And if you do that, we'll see you next week. So long next week, everybody.